Welcome to Justice Losers, the podcast where we talk about pop culture media, namely movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host, Bat Matt. I was trying to imitate your little thing you did at the very beginning there, but kind of just came out squeaky and weird. Bat Matt, that's me. Squeaky and weird. That's uh, yep. kind of came out squeaky and weird. That's what happens in bed, isn't it? Anyway, anyway, Matt, too what real. Do? Oh, did you already do that? Nope. Oh, uh, people do. Like, subscribe, tell a friend. Uh, specifically, check out our Facebook because it exists. And Just us losers. Tell us things that you want us to talk about. Yeah. On our hundredth episode, which is in three weeks or yep. four weeks, depending on if we release it like we did this most recent episode. Yep. If it even comes out before this episode, <laughs> Matt, I swear to Christ, if last week's epico- episode comes out after this week's episode, you're fired. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah, no, we're doing our hundredth episode in a couple weeks. Uh, we are doing no actual topic. We're just going to kind of talk about stuff, and so if you've got little tangents that you want us to take, or ideas you want us to ruminate upon, or questions you want to ask us, hit us up on any of the places you can find us. Um, Facebook is a good one, because it exists, and we have it. Also, Twitter or Instagram, and Instagram's kind of hard to do, because it's, yeah, I comment on something. Yep. Uh, emails are good, if you've got like a long fucking list for us to talk about. Also, yep. if you have a bionicle theory. Exactly. Um, pod at gmail.com. That one. It's all right. Um, okay. Matt, what, what have what you been up to in the past <laughs> 24 hours? Well, I got, half, Less. I, got the, I got the other half of the what you've been up to's that I didn't get to oh, yesterday. Right. Yep um so i you were smart and saved some of them i, I was know. not i'm very smart very very smart uh well i've still been reading it cool yeah again took me just as long this time to realize what was going on <laughs> as it did last time yep uh yes it stephen king novel the movie part two is coming out so i got a copy and i'm reading it uh, i'm about halfway through i don't know why i just really like that picture <laughs> i'm gonna post it on our instagram please do uh yeah i'm I'm about halfway through uh which means i'm close to 600 pages in because it's a monstrous book and not just because of the terrifying clown uh-huh um i'm still really enjoying it i haven't got to the child orgy yet uh, so that's part it's still good <laughs> uh it's i did get to though you know that that uh teaser trailer thing you liked so much where it's beverly and she goes back and there's the creepy old lady oh yeah i read that chapter yesterday oh is it creepy it is good and i actually really like the way the movie does it or at least the the teaser version did Uh because she's got her whole internal monologue going in the book version of that scene where she's like something's not quite right here yeah and she can't really put her finger on it but maybe she notices a couple of small details Uh and so the the movie version it gives you visual cues to put you in that sense of unease like the oh. little popping out from behind the thing yeah. and oh the, god it's just so the, like creepy pausing mid-conversation and staring for like 10 seconds yeah just little things like that to put you on edge but not give you anything concrete to latch on to i kind of wish that they didn't like really kind of spoil that it was pennywise that like yeah. in the trailer it was just like this kind of creepy lady and if you didn't know then you didn't know yeah, uh, the way the scene is framed in the book, if they do it at all similar in the movie, it's you're going to know it's Pennywise, just because it's a scene where all the grown-ups, they come back to Derry, and then they go out 
um, on just little excursions alone through the town, and all of them encounter Pennywise in one form or another, uh-huh. and that's Bev's encounter. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm enjoying the writing. Uh, Stephen King is famous for saying that he doesn't think that you should use adverbs unless absolutely necessary. And I can tell why, because if you used adverbs, this book would be 1800 pages instead of 1200. Oh God. <laughs> so, uh, but no, the, the writing's good. The, the characters feel How like real people. How do you avoid people. using adverbs? I mean, you mostly don't need them. I ran quickly to the store. I ran to the store. It's implied that quickly is included in there. Like 95% of adverbs are implied in your... I ran uh, angrily to the store. Angry isn't implied. So you come up with a more interesting verb then. Um, I charged to the store. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. So that's, that's... So it's more of like coming up with better verbs than yeah. lacking in description. Yeah. I see. I, um, as a writer... Which I'm not really, but... <laughs> As one of the world's greatest writers. <laughs> Don't mean to brag, but, like, I'm pretty great at this whole writing thing. Uh, no, but when I when I write, and this is probably a testament to how bad I am, <laughs> I tend to lean the exact opposite direction. I do as simple verbs as possible and then interesting adverbs. Interesting. Because, um, I don't know, it, it works for me, I guess. Or doesn't. I don't know. I like it, but I don't think anyone else does. <laughs> that's why i'm not famous there you go <laughs> anyway yeah it uh at least you're aware read it it's read it it's good it's also kind of gruesome and disturbing at times but that's what you'd hope for yeah uh let's see what else have i been doing um i rewatched arrival actually oh, okay uh because hannah's sister came over and she'd never seen it and we were kind of sitting around like well we've got it's like 6 30 or 7 we don't really know what to do with ourselves we all kind of want to just sit and drink some wine so we should probably watch something mm. and we've been meaning to show emily arrival because me and hannah both really like it and so we sat her down and we watched arrival cool it's still a really great movie yes it's a very good movie i think that's probably the fourth time i've watched it with uh it's... hawkeye and lois lane yeah and uh uh Sagarera and Michael Stuhlbarg hasn't played anyone interesting. I mean, he's played interesting people, but yeah. not like... Someone yeah. you could... So who? So... The guy from Rogue One, Forrest Whitaker. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that movie, That movie though, when it gets to the end and like the... Also the butler. Oh, yeah. Never saw that. <laughs> That's a great movie. I have it on DVD if you want it. Okay. I did a full, full paper on it. Wow. Yeah. I might watch it at some point um yeah no that movie the arrival though when it gets to that end like the final everything comes to a head it's just i still get chills and i'm just sitting there like jaw dropped yeah i know what's coming i've I've read the short story i've seen the movie four times now but it's still it's just it's an astounding moment it's a it's kind of nolan-esque yeah nolan is really good at building to these climaxes cutting between different things and bringing everything to a head and so everything unravels just at the the peak moment of interest and tension in the story yeah. and uh villeneuve pulls off something kind of kind of like that um i also wanted to mention uh there's so many like great memorable moments in this 
Um, there's that, that shot the first time you see one of the ships and there's the fog rolling off the hills Mm -hmm. and there's like when they first go into the ship and they frame it upside down, Mm. so many little inspired choices like that. But one of the ones that really sticks out at me is right at the very beginning. Um, so she's in their class and they're like, Oh, something's going on. And she, so everyone leaves and she goes out to the parking lot and she's in the parking garage and cars are all backed up. And she's going to get in her car, and in the background, a car comes, like, charging around the corner, and another car backs out, and they just kind of bump into each other. Mm -hmm. And that is one of my favorite movie moments of all time, because it's something that would totally happen in that kind of situation, but it also totally doesn't feel like something that would ever happen in a movie. Yeah. It's too messy, too real life. Yeah. And it's also a perfect metaphor for how the humans handle the whole situation. Mm Mm-hmm. As soon as there's something that they don't understand and they can't grapple with, they become very isolated and self-motivated and selfish and just cut themselves off from thinking about the actions of others and trying Mm -hmm. to work together, and they collide, and there's violence and tension from that. And it's a, it's a, it's just, it's a really great moment. Yeah. Um, what else have I been doing? Uh, Mindhunter season two dropped on Netflix. I, uh, my study group has not been doing studying with me because they've been focused on that, <laughs> which is great. Yep. Thank you, Mindhunter, for removing my study group from the equation. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I I rewatched season one because I couldn't really remember what happened. I mean, big major plot points, but yeah, you know, I wanted to get back into the details and nitty-gritty, feel what the characters were like. Um, this is like a weird Xanax. It's, it's like Xanax. It's like Xenix, but like Xanax with like different vowels. Sorry. Call ahead reference to something I'm going to talk to later in the episode. Oh. oh. Weirdly. Are we doing Xanax? Yep. Sweet. Uh, right, no. There's this thing. There's this like big <laughs> recording thing that is just sitting on our couch that doesn't belong to us. It belongs to my dad, and I've been staring at it this whole time. Yep. I want to move it out of the way so All I right. don't. Oh, doesn't go into the couch. Great. Yep. At least uh, out of my view. Yeah. No. Mindhunter season one though is it's fantastic. It's um it's an incredibly disturbing show. Uh probably about as disturbing as a show can be where it's almost entirely just people in rooms talking. Mm-hmm. There's basically nothing in terms of actual violence or blood that you see. Um the cold open to the very first episode guy does blow his head off with a shotgun good and it just it explodes um but it's poorly lit so you don't see that much but then Mm -hmm. aside from that it's pretty much basically just guys in rooms talking so it's um it's kind of it's the story of these two fbi agents who in the late 70s start investigating um uh people who have murdered multiple people Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of the story of how they developed the term serial killer and came to the first understanding of what a serial killer is and how to look for them. And so it's them just traveling around interviewing various serial killers that are already imprisoned and then also consulting with local police on cases where their skills and background might become necessary. Mm -hmm. And so it's, 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 it's just, it's really good. Um, it's got uh ed kemper was one of the serial killers um and the guy who plays him i don't remember the actor's name but he's the guy who plays either hazel or cha-cha from that show you like so much 
Oh. The the really big guy. Yeah. Yeah. So he plays he plays Ed uh, that's Hazel. Hazel, that's right. Um and he's phenomenal. He's just super charismatic and super creepy. Um there's a Cameron Britton. That's right, Cameron Britton. Um he's he manages to he he puts together a scene where he um he explains in graphic detail but in a very convincing and normal and otherwise pleasant way the logistical difficulties of having sex with the neck of a severed head oh it's kind of difficult apparently good yeah like i said it's kind of a messed up show hmm. but it's good it's good cool um so i've started season two i'm three episodes in uh it's a little meandering so far, but you can kind of see where things are coming together. Um, and it's 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 still good. It's well written. The characters are phenomenal. That's really the strength, is these mm-hmm. two main FBI agents are kind of very different. And the show doesn't go out of its way to focus on the differences between the two. It just kind of lets the natural storytelling mm-hmm. explain it for you. And so it, it trusts the viewer, which is good. Which is good. It's just it's a good show. It's a good. Show. Yeah. I think you'd probably enjoy it. That's but it's on also, my list. Yeah, it's also not a great like put on in the background show. Yeah, that's there's, the problem. There's a lot of details, and even though there's very little that's explicitly visually engaging, it's just looking at people. There's a lot of really good framing of people where you get inside someone's head without them having to say anything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a problem. That's the unfortunate reality of me not having any time this semester. <laughs> yeah i'm so tired i slept until one this morning wow and i went to bed at like midnight ish like i was like genuinely asleep for 13 hours Jeez. yeah it's rough I'm very tired but i'm kind of awake now that's a lie i'm very that's... tired i had a full thing of coffee but yeah so i'd ask what you've been up to then since we since last the 24 spoke, hours but uh, you mostly well, slept i did uh I did forget to mention that I was I caught up on uh, 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 Outsiders, Young Justice Outsiders. Oh, that one. Yes, I'm not entirely caught up. I'm close. I have one episode left. Um, Any I, good? Huh? Any good? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's it's never gonna live up to the first season. Um, there's definitely some pacing issues. Mm-hmm. A lot. Um, it. It seemed like it got, I, I don't know, it got weird. It's mm. There's a chunk in the middle of season three that's just, it. the pacing's god-awful, and it's just like, it's really fast-paced, and there's people shouting exposition, basically, and then they also really, really don't trust the audience to remember shit that's happened in the past. Oh. Because, like, something that happened two episodes ago, they will do a full flashback. Like, literally shot-for-shot shot flashback. <laughs> and I'm just like, I I remember Batman resigning from the Justice League. That was kind of a big deal in the first episode. And also Katana and Metamorpho and basically everyone else that was in the in the Outsiders all resigning. You don't have to show... They actually show you that twice. Wow. They, sh- they, they flashback to it twice. And wow. it's a couple moments where I'm just like, God fucking come on the only time you're allowed to flashback to something more than once is if you're doing a rashomon a la last jedi and the the oh. luke ben got a lightsaber in he. oh yeah or like 
I mean, that that's not the only time. If it's if it's uh, yeah. something that like you, you're developing what actually happened. Yeah, if you if you reveal something that happened that changes the context or something, then like, it's okay. Like uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Yeah, it's one simple scene of two guys talking. There's a um a lighter that's involved, and then a gunshot happens, and you're like, that makes no sense. Yep. And then they go back to that four times. I think they break it into four sections. Maybe. I think it's like all four people involved. Yeah. Yeah. I need uh, to watch that movie again. I need to watch that movie again. Again, again. Yeah. For the <laughs> What are you doing tonight? Uh, watching Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy? I think we should watch Tinker Tailor. Let's watch Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Get some friends over too. Yeah, let's do it. good insight to people that aren't like very familiar with our friends group of like or like us being actually friends that that I, that shit because uh. <laughs> normally like that was another one of those moments that's in our mo of just kind of breaking out of what's what we're actually talking about and making plans of, yep. like just us talking as friends <laughs> but like that just weirdness of us getting excited about something that was weird <laughs> uh. um, holy crap okay uh I'm going to really quickly, I'm going to finish up what I'm talking about. And then okay. I'm gonna, uh, and then put that in the group. Me, yeah, me. absolutely. Um, yeah. So, okay. That's uh, Outsiders. I... So you'd say that the show hasn't stayed golden, Pony Boy? Moving on. People I mean, will I get it. I understand stay golden, Pony Boy, but what's that from? The Outsiders. Oh, the, uh, I somehow, I... I don't actually didn't actually know that where that was from. I just know that <laughs> that sentence, that phrase. Uh, um, but yeah, no, Outsiders doesn't isn't fantastic. It's pretty good. It's not fantastic. Definitely okay. doesn't live up to the first. I would I highly recommend everyone go watch like the first two seasons. Right Young Justice. when it was golden. And if you're like really, <laughs> and if you really really want to, you can watch this one. Also, uh, Kind of bleeding into news. I t- there's nothing else I've done. Go for I, it. I did laundry. I went shopping. Started chili. Today was boring. Uh, today was an adult day. <laughs> um, bleeding into news. I've been watching a lot of the like the stuff. The the advertising for. Um... Oh oh, sorry. No. Before I go into that, what else I've been up to is Tool finally released their new album oh. after 13 years. And fuck if they create a demand. Uh, Man, Song of Ice and Fire fans have nothing to complain about. Yeah. Uh, so, to, uh, for people who don't know, Tool's a rock band that was prominent in the 90s. They had they had four albums, then, uh, like 91, 96, or 97, uh, 2001, and 2006-ish. Mm-hmm. I think 2006 is the most recent one. And then they kind of split up, started doing their own side project. Uh, James uh, Maynard James Keenan went and did A Perfect Circle and Pussifer, which Pussifer is a comedy thing that's hilarious. That's that's the band that has my boner. It won't go down. It won't go down. <laughs> it's country boner. I highly recommend you watch it or listen to it. Um, but, yeah, they announced about a year ago that they were working on a new album, and the fucking fans lost their shit. And it's actually – it's it's a really interesting case study on um, – and I think I want to do an episode on this kind of mm-hmm. to allow for us to actually have a bigger variety of pop culture. Yeah. Uh, music, music's impact on society and bringing people together um, that everyone just kind of gave up on tool creating new music. We, we assumed they were a done band. Like they went on, still went on t- tour, mm-hmm. but like, so does kiss yeah. did kiss. Um, but they haven't released an album in fucking how long. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know anything about kiss, but when they announced, no, you don't. 
Oh, gross. <laughs> uh, when they announced they were doing an album, everyone lost their minds and like uh, it got a whole bunch of news coverage and um, the... What are you doing? Oh, you're writing something now. Uh, the, I Sorry, Matt just got up. He was trying to be discreet about it, but it distracted me so much because Matt never gets up. <laughs> it's the only time you've ever gotten up in the uh, middle of an episode. Nope, that's not true. I got up in the middle of the E3 one that we did with your sister. Oh. I went to go get some water and then I spilled it on myself. And oh, so it's like right. five minutes out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it got a bunch of news coverage and it actually made more fans. Mm-hmm. Um, people who hadn't been fans of Tool were like, oh, this must be a big deal. Went and listened to the music and realized how good it was and then made more fans. Um, and then, so Emily, our friend, actually works at Barnes & Noble and she, their store didn't actually get any physical copies Well, other stores did, and apparently all went sold out. Like, other Walmarts, Targets, like, other Barnes & Nobles, all went sold out within an hour. Whoa. Like, it's that, they created that much of a demand, and uh, she and I kind of had a brief discussion about wondering why, like, certain stores didn't get any. Maybe creating more demand, because apparently the first issue, or the first uh, printings have, like, a DVD with it. Mm. Um, So creating rarity, so value, and stuff like that. Um, But, yeah, no, I listened to it, it's starts the first couple songs feel way more perfect circle than tool mm-hmm. uh, and i think that's just because it is, the development of his voice has been a lot of development in voice happened with a perfect circle so it's a bit more like kind of a clean voice rather than like the kind of tool grangy voice mm-hmm. but it gets a little bit more back into it um i will say and i feel like i'm gonna be oh man this is kind of a hard one to say when a when a band hasn't released an album in 13 years you expect differences there there's uh, there's a a weird kind of blend of like you expecting them to have developed as musicians and kind of make something different but also it's the same band so there should be a still still the same sound Mm -hmm. i didn't really hear any development i feel like they all came back together and like oh this is what people liked and they made a lot of very similar sounds to their most recent album and not much different it's like different songs same music almost Mm -hmm. and while i really like it it just it didn't feel like something new okay um there was one it's called uh chocolate chip trip that's fucking weird (laughs) sounds weird um It's like weird synthesizer and then kind of a drum solo, which, you know, totally dig the drum solo. Mm-hmm. I love Dana Carey. He's one of my biggest influences for uh, drums. It's actually interesting. Again, we can get talking to this, like, musicians and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I, whenever people talk to me about being a musician, I always mention how, like, people are like, oh, like, I'll never be good. Like, I'll never be good like that person. It's like, no, that's not the point. You're not supposed to imitate other people. You're supposed to take what you like from other people. I've got mm-hmm. Dave Grohl and thus Ty- uh, Taylor Hawkins. Um uh, Danny Carey and Buddy Rich all kind of integrated into my own style. I like the way that uh, I, my hand, my grip is uh, Buddy Rich. My fills and my uh, my use of the drums is more from uh, Danny Carey, mm-hmm. and just the the raw pl- like drive is from Dave Grohl. So like I have like a kind of an amalgamation of. Anyway, Tool released an album. <laughs> it's pretty great. Uh, that's what I'm doing a little bit. Uh, yeah, back into kind of news. Uh, right. Titans. Oh yeah, has been promoting stuff. Actually, looks really cool. I'm interested to see how much they course correct. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Jason Todd is being all Nightwing or being all Robiny. Not particularly 
Robin the way that he was. Uh, he enjoyed it, but he enjoyed beating the shit out of people more than enjoyed being the center of attention. Right. Um, but I guess of any of the Robins, he would be the one that tried to get in front of news. Um, Tim, uh, Tim Drake was a lot more reserved and kind of kept back. Mm -hmm. Uh, Damien Wayne refuses to be in public (laughs) basically. Yeah. Uh, Dick Grayson is very level-headed and human. Um, he understands the, the idea of not, we're not doing this to be on the news. Um, stuff like that. Uh, so I guess if anybody would jump in front of a camera and be like, the Teen Titans are back, it would be Dick, uh, Jason Todd. Um, the the gem on Raven's forehead is there now, uh-huh. which is something that wasn't there before. I'm curious to see what their explanation for that is. Uh, the explanation in the animated movies are, is that that's where she holds Trigon. Okay. I believe that's also the explanation in the new Teen Titans. I don't remember. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a long time since I've read that. I also discovered recently after Gage said something to me. Thank you, Gage, for saying something about DC that I didn't remember. I'm realizing this problem of I'm starting to forget things because of just the massive volume of stuff that I have learned from <laughs> comics. Uh, I'm starting to forget things from other things that were not super standouts to me. Right. Um. Like obviously, I remember all the stuff from Wonder Woman that I've read recently, and I remember jo- I remember large things about like character origins and stuff like that. Yep. But I couldn't remember if Open Window Man was a villain or a hero, hmm. because the the only thing I remember out of is it's just an absurd character. Right. Nothing else about like the the characterization of the person right. which was just actually developed. Just the the thing that just stands out to me is just. There's a fucking character that can own, that can teleport through open windows, and that's goddamn it. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so Titans is happening. Um, Birds of Prey is happening. Birds of Prey is happening. That's the thing I was going to go into next, is mm-hmm. the trailer is apparently being attached to the re- re-theatrical release of, uh, the extended release of uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Yep. Which, we can actually talk about this a little bit okay. is, is interesting because tenet did this where right. they released a trailer teaser at least teaser attached only to a movie and that was kind of one of the main reasons i went to see hobbs and shaw was just to see the trailer right and i'm tempted to go see far from home just to see the birds of prey trailer yep but you asked me how long i think it's going to be before they just release it online mm-hmm. and i made the claim you thought was hyperbolic i said parabolic because jokes right um I think that Tenet may have single-handedly brought us back to the age of trailers being movies only. Um, because that's what it used to be. If you wanted to see a trailer, you had to go. YouTube didn't exist. Yep. But now they'll like release a trailer randomly like on this week. And then whatever the next movie that comes out will be on will be attached to that. Yeah. But Tenet, you had to go see the movie to see the trailer. Right. And Birds of Prey seems to be doing that too. I think studios have discovered the uh, – the, benefit of doing that is you actually get suckers like me to go see hmm. uh, spider-man far from home again just to see the birds of prey trailer i think you might get a brief surge in studios trying that but i don't think it'll stick uh-huh. um it just seems like people will get get bored of it yeah. within a half dozen movies yeah um also i don't know if it's the same thing but a russian version of the teaser for birds of prey is online oh so i watched that Okay, do you actually see Black Mask? You see Ewan uh, McGregor. But... You see Ewan McGregor. 
Uh, you don't see him with the mask yeah. unless he's in one of like the little half second cuts yeah. that I didn't stop and parse. Do you know what the black mask looks like? It's like basically like a skull. black and a mask. It's a black skull. Yeah, that's that's one of those things that's kind of it's gonna be interesting to see how they do it because um, black mask is one of those characters that's very wildly kind of varies on what he looks like. Right. Uh, it's usually it's almost exclusively the the it's black ebony that he got from his father's casket. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in one thing he got struck by lightning and it like in like it became his face. Um, so it's not a mask anymore. Sounds pretty uh, some it's like, it's removable. Some it's, uh, at the mask is the thing that has brainwashing powers and it kind of takes them over mm-hmm. and all kind of changes throughout. Um, I really hope they don't just do a just black mask. It's, they, they actually make it like from his father's casket because yeah. that's one that's been consistent. Well, DC's been showing some willingness to go kind of all in on the campy comic bookiness yeah. in their movies. So I think that they'll they'll probably do that. Yep. All right. Um. Oh, uh, only other news. We're getting first reactions for Joker. Yes, and they're all very they positive. They're very positive. Yeah. Oh, I'm so ready. Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix is getting maybe Oscar buzz and already. See, this is, again, one of those examples. This is a... This is a uh, evidence to my whole theory about how much you hear from the studio can reflect inversely how good the movie actually is yep we really haven't heard much from this from warner brothers going oh it's the best movie ever all our executives love it blah 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 they're just like hey this movie's coming out yep wait for first reactions to happen first reactions are fucking amazing that's how they show you this is a good movie yep they let it speak for itself yep if you see a movie coming out and all the the studio like sony releasing uh spider-man prom from homecoming i don't know uh whatever their third movie is and they're gonna be like oh we all love it it's the greatest movie ever it's fucking fantastic You're like he's up there buddy and then first reactions come out and it's like ah mixed <laughs> it's not mixed <laughs> also i think mixed the idea of mixed first reactions is bullshit I mean, you get mixed first reactions, but the problem is the good reactions are fanboys that we're going to like it no matter what. Yep. So. Yep. And again, that's uh, another thing that I've, again, I want to spread my knowledge to the, to the, to the people. Mm-hmm. If you're seeing re- people's like reviews on Twitter, look for specificity. Yeah. Because if it's very vague, oh, it's so fun, action packed. Yeah. Hilarious. And then there's people who are like. The timing was horrible. The pl- the pacing was garbage. Nothing happened until the second act. It's like, wow, they're getting specific. Yep. Like, they've thought about it. They've thought about it, and they can point pinpoint things that are bad. If you can't right. pinpoint things that are good, except for like, oh, that one joke mid-act three, it's not good. <laughs> right. So, yep. specificity is important. Yes. Uh, any other news that has happened in the... It's not things that have any basically any other news we forgot yesterday. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. Nothing, okay. nothing important enough. All right. You got anything? Uh, not really. All right. All right. End of the episode. We're already at thirty minutes. We should start. All right. Let's, it let's wrap it up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so today we're talking about the best movies of twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. Yeah. Twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. What a year! Halfway yes. through the the decade. I don't remember. What happened More this than year? halfway through a decade. Uh, well, we had some pretty major names at the box office. Okay. The Force Awakens. Oh, that happened. That's right. Jurassic World. That happened. Uh, Fast and Furious 7. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. All right. Also known as Mission Impossible 5. Not to be confused with MI5, which was a below average Kit Harrington spy movie that came out the same year. Oh, really? Yeah. Ah, oh, good lord. 
Like, like we say, p- uh, big movies come in doubles. Yep. Uh, Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2. Mm. Um, Maze Runner 2. I thought that two. It had three. <laughs> what? Yeah. Okay, I was making a joke about the two, but I genuinely didn't know that it was a... Well, I think it's... I think it's like Death Cure or something is like yeah, the second one. the third one. That's the third one. Second one's Scorch Trials. Okay. So the first one's... I think collectively those had half of my, my knowledge. Yeah. So I put it together that I had knowledge of one of them, but <laughs> I guess I vaguely knew that both of them existed. Yeah. First one's not great. Third one's... Or second one's bad. I haven't seen the third one. It's actually supposed to be pretty good. <laughs> All right. So, I don't know. The action's you know, supposed it, to be well done. Is it actually well done, or is it like in like relative to <laughs> the previous two? Because I like you know an increase from negative four hundred could still be negative three hundred and twenty-two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? What the difference between those two numbers is seventy-eight. Holy fuck! Oh my god, that's actually... <laughs> that's really weird. That's unsettling. I'm a little scared now. We're cursed. It's like that that terrible Jim Carrey movie. What is it? The number twenty three? Are you obsessed mask? with the number twenty three? No. Well, it's one of those things. It's uh, it, uh, was it uh, um, bias perception mm-hmm. where you only see something, you only see the certain instance of 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 random randomness basically yeah. like i'll hit every single red light but you only remember the red lights you hit you hit like two maybe you hit more than average red lights but you hit a couple green lights yeah also for a while my sister and her friend could only see uh the the number 117 they saw it everywhere mm-hmm. it's like no you didn't see it any more than you normally do it's just you noticed it it's yeah your perception is narrowed yep and the thing is maybe you do see it a little more than often but you're going to encounter a hundred thousand different things yeah. in any given day. Any two of them could look like a coincidence. Too. Yeah. If you start saying you could see checker patterns everywhere, then you're going to fucking start seeing checker patterns everywhere just yeah. in things. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. I don't know why I like vaguely <laughs> reached for my phone for a second. Uh, you want to talk about any of those blockbusters? Uh, Force Awakens. Uh, we've talked about that. We could probably save that one for more of a Star Wars based episode once Star Wars is coming out. Yep. Um, just briefly it did exactly what it needed to because it brought star wars back yeah uh basically i refuse to say that it was exactly new hope but it was very close to new hope it was uncomfortably close um yeah it didn't really do anything exceptionally fantastic like obviously the visuals were great they changed the way they do lightsabers by actually having it light and reflect on your face off which is great um um Going back to the the D twenty three sort of teaser slash glory porn of Star Wars past mm-hmm. that they had, um, I was talking about how they tried to take great moments from all the movies of the past. Force Awakens, it's a movie with its its issues, but it's got a several really great yeah. moments. Yep, the Millennium Falcon flipping and the like the that whole chase scene is really good. Yes. The Ray Kylo fight, the the moment where the lightsaber just comes whipping past, and then it goes to her, and yeah. the, the Star Wars theme plays. Oh man, there's some good stuff in that yeah. movie. There's some good stuff. It's a well done movie. Yep. Um, Jurassic World two, first one. Oh, first one. That's fine. Yeah, it's I rehash. I enjoyed it, but it's got its issues. I don't remember anything from it. I remember uh, Bryce Dallas Dallas Bryce Howard Howard. 
Yep. Howard Bryce. Yep. Howard Houston. Uh, wore heels, heel boots, mm-hmm. and was hauling ass impossibly. Yeah. And I think there was also a moment where she randomly changed shoes. I was focusing weirdly, like a lot of time on her shoes. I don't. I don't know. But like I said, movie with issues. Chris, uh, Chris Pratt's well good in it. Yeah. Uh, know, the idea of training uh, things was interesting. Yep. Not great execution, but yeah. I think there's a kid in there somewhere. There's a couple of kids. Yeah. Obviously not terrible enough to forget or to to remember, but not yep. bad, not good enough to remember either. So. Yeah. Well, every Jurassic movie's got to have kids in peril, yeah. and these ones were probably not the worst. Yeah. Not the worst. Yep. Uh, this isn't the one that brought back. Um, Oh, how am I forgetting his name? Great I dude. Uh, the guy Jeff Goldblum. Goldblum, yeah. That's uh, at that. No, he came, he, back, in the he came one, back in the second one. Yeah, okay. third one's not out yet, is it? Nope, not till twenty twenty one. Oh, that's a long time. Yeah, well, they're doing three years between them because it was twenty fifteen, eighteen, now twenty one. Oh, okay. So taking their time. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Let's and then see. I didn't see Fast and Furious Seven or Mockingjay Part Two. I actually rewatched Mockingjay Part Two recently. And it's a movie that would have benefited so much from being just one part. Because hmm. the the two parts are well made, mm-hmm. but they're so slow. Yeah. Because they're just padding stuff out to try to get to two hours each. Uh-huh. If you made it one two and a half hour movie, yeah. it'd probably be really good. Right. And But as it is, it's it's not bad. It's just... Who does she kill? Kind of Who's the person she shoots in the chest? Uh, President Coyne, Julianne yeah, Moore. What's, what's the whole reason for that? She, so they they sort of win their whole revolution. Spoilers for Hunger Games, I, I guess. Been out for we know four this. Years. Um, yeah. So the uh, President Coin is the sort of the leader of the rebels that Katniss joins up with after the second book. Um, and they win the revolution, but uh, they probably commit some war crimes along the way, mm. and they get to the end, and President Coin's like, you know what? It's we can't hold elections right now. The emotional scars in the populace are too deep. We need to hold off. I'll just remain leader until oh we can hold an election. Oh boy! And Katniss is kind of unsettled by that, and so she's supposed. They're supposed to do a very public execution of President Snow, who was uh-huh. the Donald Sutherland, the the evil bad guy, mm-hmm. big main guy. And so instead of shooting him, she shoots President Coyne, which is it's a really good moment. Yeah. Um, it's a cool ending. I saw it when scrolling through Facebook videos one time. Mm-hmm. So, it could have been a like a good trilogy, not mm-hmm. great. The first one, it's got its hits and misses. The second one is really good, actually, hmm. like surprisingly good. Yeah. And like I said, the third one would have been probably on par with the second one if they did edited it down to. Mm-hmm. I've noticed I can't say the word edited. 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 Yeah. Edited. So I don't know. You're not a trombone player. Right. Or brass player, I guess. Yeah. No. Nope. Or wind player. Nope. Yep. Not one of those. Fucking violins and you got your little fingers. You can do stuff with your fingers, but you can't do stuff with your tongue. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> That's <laughs> not what I'm told. <laughs> oh, God. Matt. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, you never saw Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, did you? I did. It was the first Mission Impossible I ever watched, and it was okay. forever ago. It was, in yeah. fact, maybe about four years ago. That and I don't sounds about it. right. Okay. I really like that one. It's, he uh, like chases after an airplane, doesn't he? Yes. I remember that. That's scene. the one where he actually dangles off an airplane. Also introduces Simon Pegg. Nope. Oh, second one with Simon Pegg? Uh, Simon Pegg 
I think came in the it's been a while third since I've seen the, the Mission Impossibles. Maybe the fourth one. I don't know. It's been a while. Yeah. Been a while. I really like that one. I really like that one though. It's it's kind of it's probably the lightest of the five. Um it's pretty funny, but it's got some great action moments and some good stunt stuff and cool. it's, just, it's a lot of fun. Uh the, like Super Rogue. Yeah. You know, it's why do they not just trust him at this point? Like every time he goes rogue, he turns out to be right. And he goes rogue on like every single one. That's kind of a major plot point in this one, actually, is them like it's sort of framed around a congressional hearing about how this whole agency goes rogue a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a, no, it's a it's a good one though. Okay. It's um Mission Impossible's been on a on a high peak and that is one that has sustained it. Oh yeah, Mission Impossible's one with the Fallout. Fallout's part of Mission Impossible. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, it's on Hulu. It it's on Hulu? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go watch it. I thought we were gonna watch Tinker Taylor. Oh yeah, I never put him in the group me. Yeah. Uh and then I have I have a couple of not quite blockbusters, but sort of blockbustery type things that I wanted to hit on. Um Eye in the Sky, which is the the drone movie. It's about drone warfare. Oh, that's fun. It's got Helen Mirren and huh. Alan Rickman mm. and Aaron Paul. Mm. What was that? I, mean, I like him. He's not like perfect. No oh wait, that's No, I'm thinking of uh He's he's in he's he's Jesse Pinkman. Yeah. Okay. Yes. He's great. Great. Yes. Yeah. And he's really Who good. Who was I this. thinking of? There's a guy that died. Paul Walker. Oh. He's like okay. Yeah. No, Aaron Paul. He's great. He's not okay anymore. Uh, oh, that was, that no. was. <laughs> It's been a while. It's been 15 years. He died right before Seven came out. So it's been four years. Four. Did I say 15? Yep. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I know On what point. Is. Uh. Yeah. No. So this one, it's um. Aaron Paul's a drone operator, uh, and so he flies a drone around and occasionally airstrikes terrorists. Mm-hmm. And so his higher-ups get intel that there's a terrorist in a village somewhere, and so he's kind of surveilling the area, and it's these higher-ups debating whether or not to do an airstrike. Mm-hmm. And there's civilians in the area, um, and uh, it's just it's all these little moral conflicts. And yeah. it's, it's a really tense movie where there's very little actual danger to the main characters. Uh-huh. Um, and it's, it's really well done. It's got a lot of good actors doing a lot of good acting. Um, it's just, it's good. I, one of the, one of the better modern war movies. Cool. So I want to recommend that. And then uh, dope. I want to throw out there. Dope. I don't remember anything about this movie, but I remember it being sort of a popcorn movie for smart people. Interesting. It's, it's, fun it's fluffy i don't remember it super well but it's got more intelligence and depth to it than your average okay just kind of furious seven okay shall i say it's a it's a kid who accidentally gets roped into a drug deal and his friends and it's sort of coming of age but there's some crime drama elements and stuff but it's pretty funny it's good Good. Right, every time people say coming of age, I always feel I always start singing uh, "Foster the People's Coming of Age." <laughs> feels like, feels like coming of age. I'm done. Yep. <laughs> uh, so we haven't hit on the MCU yet. MCU had two movies this year. Right. Let me see if I can remember what it is. What are they? Uh, Winter Soldier was 14, right? Yeah. Winter Soldier was 14. 
God, what happened after Winter Soldier? So Winter Soldier is before Civil War. Civil War was 18? 16. 16. Okay, so that's next year. Uh, so before – so Ant-Man? Yep. Ant-Man. Good one. And um, Black Panther was after Civil War. Cause 2018, yeah. February 2018. Uh, oh, God. Uh, 17. Iron Man – no, Iron Man 3 was 2013. We already hit on yeah, that that's, one, yeah. I'm, uh, Fuck, what are the other characters? Who am I? Hang on. Don't. I'm, I'm going to actually figure this shit out. Okay. So I got Ant-Man. Um, trying to think through all the characters that have uh, Thor Dark World was 2014. Yep, because we already talked about it. Uh, yeah, I don't remember what we've already talked about. So just <laughs> just putting that out there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say several ones we've already talked about. Um, we don't have another Captain America because that's Civil War. We've the covered next those. Uh, fucking hell. So it's before Civil War. Who who am I missing? Uh, <laughs> it's not Age of Ultron. It is Age of Ultron. It is Age of Ultron. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I always forget that Age of Ultron exists. <laughs> Why do you forget that Age of Ultron it's exists? Kinda, it's kind of just the one that's just a... I don't know. It's not like... I mean, James Spader is fantastic. Yep. Vision picking up the thing was funny. The idea of an AI being going super bonkers is it is is good, but immediately neglected the moment Vision is created. Yeah. Um. Like I, I, I like that idea of like the AI gets too much power; it's going to miss the idea of human uh, intricacies and uh, that like yes, humans might suck, but there's good in there too. Mm-hmm. They kind of it's, it's complicated, and the fact that Vision is literally like. A, a child of Ultron, essentially, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh no, I understand. Completely neglects the entire or negates the entire idea that AIs go crazy. Yeah, and it makes Ultron seem fucking stupid and shouldn't have happened. Yep. Uh, the beginning of the conflict. This is the beginning of the conflict between Iron Man and uh, Captain America. Yep. With the great scene where big old ripped dude breaks the log, which is oh yeah, still sploosh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. You get to see Hawkeye's family, which uh, things happen in Endgame. Mm-hmm. Uh, y- yeah. Yep. I like this one a lot more than a lot of people. It's uh, it's sort of just the Avengers doing some avenging. It's a little, at times it's darker, but it's it's got a lot of lighthearted and the humor. And they mm-hmm. just kind of gel as a team at this point. And it's it's just a fun one for me. Mm-hmm. And I... I I enjoy it more than it probably deserves, but yeah. I won't apologize for that. What about Ant-Man? Uh, it's fun. Uh, I felt like they, uh, we talked about it because I think we had a, re- well, we weren't reviewing it yet. No. We, we haven't like talked about it. I mean, we've talked about it before. We, oh yeah. Cause we've ranked the MCU. And oh yeah, that's right. I feel like with Ant-Man, they almost overplayed their hand of his power. Like I understand like mm-hmm. it's got your power going to use it, but like, they kind of made the same joke multiple times of like, oh, this thing's small and now it's big. And yeah. now this thing's big and now it's small. It's yeah. a tiny little... Oh, the tank one was good. But like when the, like the fight scene, mm-hmm. like they kind of did that comedic jump between like, oh, it's combat, combat, boom, explosions to pew, pew, pew. Like did that like four times in that combat. Yeah. And it just got old really yep. quickly. And I think that kind of was a huge detriment to the to the movie. Fair um, but other than that, like I really enjoy Paul Rudd. He's a great, great yeah. actor. He's a great comedian. Um, kid actor was great. Yep. 
she didn't have a lot to do in this one. Yeah, she didn't but... need a lot to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, peanut. Um, but yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Wasn't my best. Wasn't my favorite movie. No, nah, but it's a. It's probably a slightly. Top half. Yeah, it's it's just above the median there. Yeah. I think for me, it's fun. It's funny. Um, as much as you disparage the push in to small and pull out to large perspective, I really like the train crash moment, where it's Thomas the train. Oh, and it just like crashes through the. It's like it's bearing down on on Yellow Jacket, and it pulls back, and it just kind of. Yeah, <laughs> I love that moment. Um, yeah. Solid. Uh, the only other problem I had with it is that it, the problem I have with the whole Ant Man existence is it is inconsistent on what the pin particles actually do. Yeah. Um, for example, he's way too strong. Like it's they're relatively consistent on keeping the whole density. It's like your density just increases. You're the same mass when you shrink. Which is why he's carrying around a tank on his keychain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then also, when it gets big, think about in Endgame. If he's the same mass, how the fuck dense are the Leviathans? <laughs> if it takes him to, if he can punch it, yeah, a normal. So he should have the same strength as a human if you've got the same mass. Like, yes, if you fall from the ceiling and land on a t- on a on. Uh, in land very like low surface area you will crack the the tile right that made sense but then when you're the same mass and strength just like 800 times your size if you punch leviathan it's not gonna do shit you're gonna (laughs) you're gonna bounce off and float away like a balloon yeah your density you're you're nothing You're lighter than air, probably at that point. If you're that big, yeah, probably. So that's I. The pin particles thing is just horribly done, and yeah. I hate it. Um, it's, um, I can't actually remember how the Palmer tech works in uh, DC. Mm. It's probably something very different. Yeah, it's it's a weak moment for an MCU that's pretended at least to be fairly grounded so yeah. far. I mean, not anymore, but yeah. it was for a little while there. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I also want to mention. I know it's not movies, but this is the year that the menu started with Daredevil one and Jessica Jones one. Oh, so good stuff there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. Um, all right. What else is there? We've got. We're at fifty minutes right now. So all right. Uh, let's see. This was also the year of misspelled blockbusters. Weirdly enough, so we had Spectre, Terminator Genesis, and Fant Four Stick. Oh, good. Oh. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> Not good. In fact, our next booze and booze. Yeah, that's going to be that one. So that one's terrible. I'm not excited. I'm excited to watch it and make horrible fun of it. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to watch Green Lantern and make horrible fun of it. Yeah. I'm going to read a whole bunch of Green Lantern before I watch it. That'll be good. Uh, did you ever see? You never saw Genesis. Nope. You haven't seen I haven't any, seen any of them. Yeah. This I'm one... going to be able to see Dank Fat. Yeah. This one... Genesis, 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 Genesis. Yep. Uh, I maintain that it's the fun bad one. So if you're <laughs> gonna watch one of the bad ones, make that the one. Mm-hmm. Um, Salvation is the one that's closest to good, but it's just not. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's it's stupid and campy in it, but it knows it's stupid and campy, okay. and that mostly works. It's okay. just not good. All right. Uh, Spectre, Spectre, it's pretty good. It's just long and boring. Yeah. Not I much mean, happens. It's the one that has uh 
not Rudolph. Uh, Christoph. Christoph. Christoph Waltz. Yep, he's in there. He's and, always good. Yep, he's good. He's the kind of wasted. The when he's getting his mind erased, that whole scene makes no sense. Yeah, like with the watch, and then he whispers something, and then like I wasn't really sure what was going on. James Bond is James Bonding out of it. Yeah, I don't know. Did the thing just not work on him? You know, I think I know the answer. I think I solved the answer. Okay. James Bond actually never has memory of anything. He has gotten <laughs> hit in the head so much, he just has perpetual amnesia. He's just really, really good at bullshitting knowing people. So anytime he looks at someone and they're like, hey, James, he's like, hey, how's it going? And like, he is like, he's really good at figuring out immediately who they are. Like, he, yeah. he just he could he's he could figure it out. Perceptive. He's very perceptive, but he just never remembers anything from second to second. Yep, that could that's also why be they the didn't work on him. So like mind control or mind like mind control and mind games don't work on him because he just doesn't fucking like they're like <laughs> like he can't be hypnotized because they hypnotize him and he just doesn't remember like the previous swing of the of the of the watch. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've solved it. All right, there we go. James it also Bond. explains why he's able to fight Spectre multiple times because he doesn't remember that they, doesn't remember who they are. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Let's see how Brendan feels about that theory. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. Well, it's like a good day to die just because he doesn't remember dying previously. <laughs> it's, it's so bad amnesia. He's actually died before, but his brain doesn't remember shutting down. It's also no time to die. Oh. Not Good day to die. Oh, damn that's, it. That's, that's Die Hard one. 5. Oh, Good that's, day oh. to die hard. Oh. What's the... Is there a James Bond that's about dying? Uh, Die another day? Die another day. We don't remember how to do it now. Mr. Nobody. It's Die... Dr. Nobody's the one that he couldn't come up with their name. It's also Dr. No. Dr. Damn it. You're struggling. I, I, I'm not a James Bond person. I know. I'm not um, into bondage. Yeah. Poor James. Come on, that Jimmy. <laughs> Take a bite of the James. Bite of the... You ever... Nope. You haven't seen that. Do you know nope. what that's from? Nope. It's a Netflix movie with Paul Rudd and what's the kid... Like, the kid's got, like, cancer or, like... Like, kid doesn't have cancer. He, like... Oh, fuck. I can't remember. What? Basically... Okay, so there's this kid. I can't remember who plays him. This kid is uh, stuck... To, uh, uh, I think has... Is paralyzed from the neck down, basically. Mm-hmm. And Paul Paul Rudd becomes his caretaker... And it's just really fun. Like, he has a huge crush on Selena Gomez's character. Mm. And so Paul Rudd's character's like, you know what? We're going to go and we're going to go on a road trip with her. And there's a funny scene where he's like, this kid just doesn't like Paul at the beginning. And it's a mm-hmm. huge kind of character development thing. And he's got like a Slim Jim. And he's like, hey, take a bite of the side of Slim Jim. Bite of the Jim. Bite of the James. Bite of the James. <laughs> kind of a funny movie. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah, it wasn't 2015. Might have been 2015. Yeah, I don't know uh speaking of misspelled movies the witch the witch it's the witch but it's it's set in uh 17th century rural america and so it's got the stylized like actual double v instead of a w in the title Uh, yeah people make fun of it but it's a it's a good movie okay it's a it's a very much a horror movie Mm -hmm. um but it does the family drama well and does sort of the period piece setting very well okay it's got um so it's just it's this family and they get uh exiled basically to have to go live on the frontier uh-huh. and they live on the edge of some woods where there's some witches um actually kind of reminiscent of the scott snyder witches in places he was in romeo plus juliet paul rudd yeah weird 
fucking all right well, there you go anyway anyway uh yeah this one it's got um the parents are the mom is uh lisa aaron from game of thrones and the dad is i don't remember his name but he's one of the um one of the ironborn that work, goes with theon the guy with the really deep voice mm. it's also in harry potter i think okay um yeah, so those are the parents. Anna didn't Taylor. Did the Ironborn and the Veil hooked up very much, did they? No, I don't know. Interesting. And they they gave birth to one of the new mutants, Anna Taylor Joy. Oh, cool. Um, she's really good. She's kind of she's kind of the main character. Um, yeah, it's it's good. It's creepy. Uh, it just it it does everything right. It's not perfect, but it's it's good. So it's called the Fundamentals of Caring. Okay, the movie that I was thinking of. Uh, kid actor's name is Craig Roberts. Mm-hmm. Don't know what he's been in. Here's the synopsis. Dumbest synopsis I've ever read. A writer, Paul Rudd, retires after a person after a personal tragedy and becomes a disabled teen's caregiver. When the two embark on an impromptu road trip, their ability to cope is tested as they start to understand the importance of hope and friendship. Fuck that last sentence. <laughs> so dumb. But yeah, it's kind of funny. It's okay. actually kind of like seventy-seven percent on Rotten Tomato. Not terrible. Yeah, not fifty-five percent on Metacritic. It's not exactly a thinky movie. Yeah, no. Fifty-five is respectable. Yep. All right. Yep. Uh, what else? Speaking of horror movies from twenty fifteen, um, Insidious three. Paranormal Activity of the Ghost Dimension. Moving on. Uh, Bone Tomahawk. I don't know what that is. It's a horror western. Oh. Western horror. Ooh. And it's like full-on horror. Like, it's a horror from the west. Yeah. Pretty much. Horror, horror western horror. Rest, so it, west horror. For one thing, it does the western stuff really well. Like everyone talks like old-timey western people you'd expect they would. Oh, good. But like not they like, actually would? Or like... Yeah. Like it doesn't feel like a caricature. It oh, okay. feels like actual people. Um, we're gonna meet at high noon he's always got his hands on his two pistols <laughs> yep no it's uh Ding! it's got patrick wilson and uh kurt russell oh good and they're, they're good westerns yeah so kurt russell's the sheriff of this town and um patrick wilson's just a guy that lives in the town and they get attacked Isn't patrick wilson the lesser known wilson brother or not from, is he an owen know. wilson's brother is he i think so i don't think so patrick wilson no that's not him yeah orm Who's the Night uh, Owl? Oh, yeah. Oh, and Night Owl. Yeah. I don't know. DC crossover. Whoa, Nightorm. <laughs> <laughs> I am Nightorm. <laughs> I am both in the sky and in the water, but not on land. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so they're they're all at this this little cowboy town, and um, uh, they get attacked by a tribe of cave dwelling um natives that are hated and feared as subhuman by the normal native tribes in the area oh luke wilson okay that's the other yeah that's the other other wilson yep uh so they get attacked by these cave dwelling cannibal tribal people Mm -hmm. um and they drag away a few people and so uh kurt russell and patrick wilson and a couple other people lead a little expedition to try to go rescue them uh Uh, it gets real harrowing real fast okay um there's a at one point uh, a person is held upside down by their ankle and then split down the middle oh yeah it's uh it's fairly gruesome Ooh. yeah all right um but it's it's good it's i think just a little more low-key than it needs to be which prevents it from being great it mm-hmm. just it's not super energetic but it's well made it's very bloody 
and it's got some good actors doing some good acting. So if you're into that sort of thing and you want to see a Western horror movie, cool. Check it out. How many more movies we got? A few. Okay. Um, now we're at your favorites, right? Well, I'm, I'm chipping away at those okay, as cool. we go. I've been working on that. Uh, speaking of horror movies, this isn't exactly a horror movie, but it's certainly bloody and horrifying at times. Uh, green Room. Oh, that's the one that's uh, they're trying to escape a green room and yeah, they're locked in there. In a, they're in a green room um, in a tiny little rural bar in the middle of nowhere that turns out to be a white supremacist bar. Ooh, it's um, it's a punk band and they have no money, so they just travel around in a van playing gigs. Um, and their friend hooks them up with this white supremacist bar because they'll play a gig there. Um, and they see something that they weren't supposed to see. And get trapped in the green room as this army of white supremacists tries to kill them and they try to break out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's very bloody. It's got uh, Anton Yelchin. Yelchin. Um, Morgan. Imogen Poots. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably Poots or something. That's Poots. <laughs> she's she's good. Uh, Anton Yelchin is really, really good in this. Man, he died, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Sad. This was one of his last movies, I think. Also got Patrick Stewart. It's got Patrick Stewart, and he's weirdly kind of the weak link, or at least his terrible American accent is. Interesting. Um, is he one of the white supremacists? He's the leader of the white supremacists. Oh, Patrick! Yeah. No. It's a it's a it's a good performance, but his accent is really off putting. Um, but no, it's super tense all the way through, which is something I really like. And it just keeps ratcheting up the tension and there's a lot of blood and a lot of people shooting at each other and hacking at each other with knives and axes and whatnot. And it's good. It's good. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's not for the faint of heart, but it's a really good, really good thriller. Cool. Um, speaking of harrowing movies, the lobster. Do you see that one? No. It's about a lobster. Is it? Boiled alive. That's what I thought. That's what I figured. No, this is the one, this is the one. It's uh, Yorgos Lanthimos is the director. He came out around the same time as killing of a sacred deer, isn't it? One year before, I think. Gotcha. No, two years before. Yeah, Killing of a Sacred Deer was 2017. Okay. Um, I remember, like, those are the two ones that, like, I remember vaguely or vividly you telling me you want to see those. Yeah. Um, so he did that one, and he did The Favorite last year mm. with Emma Stone and um, Olivia Coleman and Rachel Weiss. Olivia Coleman. Is she the new queen? Maybe. No. Who's the new queen? She played the queen in the favorite, which might be what you're thinking of. Olivia Coleman. Anyway, oh the... yep, no, she's the she's the new queen in the crown. Okay, yeah, makes sense. Uh, she's also the um, the pregnant woman in um, uh, Locke. Oh, so there's never that. see her face, so I never would have. Yeah, no, never would have known. Her. Yep. Uh, no, the lobster is set in a weird dystopian near future where. Um, if you don't have a partner by a certain age, a romantic partner, you go to a hotel. It's just called the hotel. And there you have 90 days to find a partner. And if you don't find a partner within those 90 days, you are turned into an animal and forced to live out the rest of your lives as an animal. You get to choose what animal, though. And so the main character decides that if he were turned into an animal, he would be a lobster. This is one of those times we really need, like, face cams because just yeah. my reaction... <laughs> Changed about six times during that whole thing. Why a lobster? Uh, he explains it. Uh, they have inoffensive lives. They're not likely to die just living in the wild. They live for a super long time. Um, 
They don't have a lot of natural predators, I think. I don't remember exactly, but he has a he has a fairly detailed and reasonable How are explanation. Sea turtles faring. They live for know. like 170 Some, years, something like that. Yeah. And like, do they get like eaten by sharks and shit? Occasionally. Huh. Um, sharks are assholes. Yeah, a little bit. Um, They're not assholes. They 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 just need to eat. Yeah. We're a bunch of assholes. We <laughs> kill animals regularly. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. I want to be a cow because their lifespan is like until someone kills you to eat. <laughs> the the first scene is really hilarious because it's just no context. Um, you see a car. There's just a field with like a donkey in it, just in the middle of nowhere. Okay. And a car drives up, and a woman gets out of the car and runs up and starts kicking the donkey. <laughs> <laughs> Assuming you figure out what happened. No. No. Just no context. It's very European. Oh wow! It's a really good movie. There's though. probably a story behind that in like a deleted scene or something like that. No, where... it doesn't. It's it's something you don't need to know the story behind it necessarily. You just I want to know the. Story you assume behind. that it's someone that was close to this woman, and like maybe maybe a former lover, that or like an ex husband or something. They fell out. He couldn't hack it at the hotel. Gets turned into a donkey, and so she's mad at him, and she kicks his donkey for him. Alright. Um yeah, no, it's a it's a super bizarre premise, but it, it's a really intense movie and it works really well. Mm-hmm. Um Yorgos has this interesting style where the dialogue is deliberately like hyper stilted. So it it feels like a comedy, even though there's no actual jokes in it. Yeah. You just kinda you've got that, that sense in your brain, um, which I think almost ramps up the intensity hmm. when people start uh getting blinded and yeah um kicking animals to death not the not the donkey the donkey doesn't kick good to death. good the donkey doesn't need to die yeah i think it's a donkey it might be something else pretty sure it's a donkey all right so the lobster is a weird movie it's a bizarre movie it's way more intense than i was expecting and so i i knew that it was coming out i was like hey this looks good and i sat down and watched it with hannah and she to this day it's one of her least favorite movies just because oh. it's very unpleasant at times oh good but it's it's really good cool um let's see uh we had some animated movies this year mm. inside out which is really good yeah. minions which is not nope good dinosaur which is uh, kind of a low point for pixar mm. oh bad. that was pixar yeah ah pixar slow down it's not bad go back to your like one once every like four years and just making golden movies yep well inside out was great so okay. it, it kind of makes up for the void that Good Dinosaur made. Uh, let's see. Is there anything else that I wanted to hit from those? Nope. Animated movies. Whatever. Um, Jupiter Ascending? I don't remember what that's about. It's the one with Channing Tatum and Mila Kunis. And it's like a giant sci-fi space epic thing that lost $200 million because oh. no one saw it. Good. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Pitch Perfect 2. Kind of like the first one. Yeah. A little worse. Uh, Straight Out of Compton. Heard that one was really good. Heard it was good. Yeah, got Doesn't it have Ice-T in it? Or who's the guy they cast? Because isn't it about Ice-T? I don't honestly know. Because I remember seeing a thing where, like, there's someone who said, hey, remember when Straight Out of Compton hired or, like, cast someone that is literally a young Ice-T? And I'm just like, I guess that movie must be about Ice-T or something. I don't know. Um... Yep, I never saw it. Uh, Man from Uncle. Ah, 
you want to rant about that one for a minute? Yay! Oh, that is such a good, such a fun movie. Uh, Emily was trying to get me to watch that movie for a long time. Yep. And I finally got around to it, and it is a ridiculously fun movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has the best person of all time ever made in the movie. Yep. Uh, being a fancy, fancy spy. Um, and it's just so much fun. And I love Guy Guy Ritchie. Go, Guy Ritchie. Go, go, wow, I combined guy Ritchie, guy pierce buddy rich like i was like what's it's one of those two or two of those four names um guy Ritchie is a phenomenal director um he's an okay director i love his style okay um man from uncle is great i loved all of the uh sherlock holmes i cannot wait till three comes out um but it's so much fun mm-hmm. it's to me it's a better it's like it's it's a fun James Bond. Okay. Yeah. Shame we've never had any of those. I mean, it's like like, like this one's like it, it's made to be fun. Yeah. No, I I get it. Yeah. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Hateful Eight came out this year. Ah, uh, I did. I watched that. Hey. I did. What'd you uh, think? That was good. That was good. I. Mm, it was good. That was an interesting little turnaround right there. <laughs> <laughs> It was good. It's really good writing. It's 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 an interesting kind of it's it slowly reveals something. Um, and then, ah, man, I don't know. It's I'm not a giant fan of Quentin Tarantino's style of just balloon bags of blood. Yeah, and like, yeah. Oh, it's it's a it's a it's a good movie. It's good writing. Um. Mm-hmm. That he does best with dialogue and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. But I mean, yeah, it was good. I, if if someone wanted to watch it again, and I had a beer, I'd probably be like, yeah, let's do it again. I'll watch yep. it again. It's really slow, which yeah. is one of the things I remember. It, but it's probably also my favorite Tarantino, partly because it's so slow, partly because it's as you pointed out, pretty dry, dialogue driven. Yeah. And that's kind of where he shines. And it's a, it's a lot of actors I like. And they kind of just sit sit around in a room and scowl at each other and yep. tension gets ramped up and then explodes with a little bit of blood. Yep. Um, yeah. So it's not a perfect movie. I'm not going to argue it's Tarantino's best, but it might be the one I enjoyed the most or the one that yeah. with me the most. Um, speaking of tense movies, Sicario. I haven't seen it. You, I'm going to. You really should, I think. Yep. Um, it's got Emily Blunt and Josh Brolin. Uh, and it's yeah. actually rolling the blunt. I think it's got Daniel Kaluuya, but he's in a really minor role hmm. and John Bernthal's in a minor role. Oh, so, that's right. I remember you telling me about that. Yeah. Um, yep, I need to see it. It's, it's not perfect. The pacing kind of falls apart in the second half mm-hmm. and it loses a lot of the tension, but the first 30 to 45 minutes are just some of the best ramping up tension and, uh, then breaking it in filmmaking history, I'd uh-huh. say just astounding the way he sets up all these little building blocks and then it all comes into this one big climactic scene mm-hmm. this one big climactic scene just prolongs and prolongs and prolongs um cinefix has a great video on the just the scene alone mm-hmm. uh, and the whole movie is it's a good movie outside of all of that stuff but um it suffers a little bit in, in the back half i think okay but it does a lot right uh, speaking of stuff that's well regarded, the Oscars this year was dominated by stuff like Spotlight, which you saw recently, right? I did, and you thought it was fine. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I, it's a good movie. I'm not gonna argue it didn't deserve the Oscar, but yeah, no, 
didn't really stick with me. Uh, the Revenant. Leo finally won his Oscar. Oh yeah, he did for eating a bear gut. Yeah, or something. I I really like this movie, and it's a just it's a gorgeous movie. The cinematography and the nature shots, and uh-huh. it's a it's a harrowing story. But it's just always kind of going to be remembered as the Leo Oscar movie, yeah. which seems a little unfair because it's just it's a good movie on its own merits. Yeah, it's not groundbreaking, unprecedented masterpiece, but it's a it's it's well worth a watch on its own merits. Yeah, if it were just someone else in that role, it'd still be worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, Brooklyn Room, neither of which I saw, uh, both of which are supposed to be good. Uh, Bridge of Spies, which kind of feels like it, it's steven spielberg with tom hanks and it's set in the cold war mm, that's right um and mark rylance is in it he plays a soviet spy it's a. Uh, is it just me or is steven spielberg made a lot of forgettable but good movies recently like war horse and tintin and lincoln <laughs> and bridge of spies yeah just like all of those movies i remember enjoying them in the moment and then don't remember them afterwards have no inclination to go back and rewatch them. yeah so this one fits into that category. All right. Uh, and you know what cleaned up at the technical Oscars? Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, that's right. Which we need to sit you down and watch some <sighs> I watched the uh, the clips on YouTube. Yep. I Which watch it. Gets, you, gets you a lot of it. Because it's, yeah. it's in the argument for the greatest action movie of all time. Just because it goes completely balls to the wall. Yeah. And it's beautifully constructed. Mm-hmm. And just so much fun. I um, think H2O is the best action movie of all time probably probably this is like australian mermaids or something <laughs> that's a tv show yeah no i've watched part of that <laughs> yeah i remember that happening yep anyway uh yeah uh mad max free road it's got tom hardy and charlie's Theron and charlie's holt um and so they're all good yeah a lot of fun uh let's see i had a couple others i wanted to hit good lord i thought you said a few yeah i've got uh, i've only got like, three i've only got four more good lord <laughs> uh youth which is a great movie that's a half hour too long it's got um michael kane and harvey keitel and they're michael kane co- michael kane and harvey keitel nope i can't nope i can't do impressions i should i should learn my lesson uh but they're like old retired guys at this spa in switzerland uh and it's just them kind of being old together mm-hmm. uh, and it's a little artsier than it needs to be at times but it's good it's fun it's got paul dano uh which his little story is really interesting and comes to a completely unexpected but really great climax mm-hmm. um but it just drags on a little too long because it's kind of just like little anecdotes yeah and at some point you're like this is too many but sounds like our podcast yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's it's good um uh look who's back it's one about where where, hitler oh oh he wakes up in the in modern germany right at the spot where his bunker was (laughs) and like just goes off and wanders into the world um it's really hilarious all right and then it kind of goes off the rails in the last 20 minutes because it partly it just starts doing all these plot twists that don't make a ton of sense um and then partly it gets a little too on the nose with the political commentary because mm. it does really well with the political commentary for the first five sixths mm-hmm. where it's just like he's he's basically trying to reacquire his power but 
through the modern world. Yeah. And it's, it's got some really incisive and insightful things to say, but it gets a little too on the nose at the end, gotcha. trying to prove its point, make a statement. But still, it's a it's a great movie. It's a funny movie. It's funny as balls. Cool. Um, Beasts of No Nation, which got snubbed at the Oscars. That was the the first real streaming original movie. Yeah. Uh, it's got Idris Elba um, as an African warlord, and I don't know the kid's name because he's a child actor, and that was the only thing he's been in. Uh-huh. Uh, but he's really good. Um, it's a That's an intense, harrowing movie. The only thing I'd say against it is that it's way too slow. Okay. I got to like the one hour mark, and I was like, how much is longer in this? I'm really enjoying it, but it feels like it's been going for three hours. Yeah. So that one's good, though. It's Check it out. It's a It's a unique story. And it's the first streaming original movie, and Idris Elba's great, and it's I, I think it's an important watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Mississippi Grind, which I've talked up a few times before. Yep. Ryan Reynolds and Ben Mendelsohn, and they're both sort of gambling ben addicts. Ben Yes. Men Mendelsohn. Men Mendelsohn. Um, and Ryan Reynolds. And they're gambling addicts, and they go on a road trip and gamble a lot, but it's a kind of a story about um, just them and how it, how it affects them and how they are as people it's it's a it's one that's stuck with me more than a lot of movies have yeah it's uh i think it's really great it's it's kind of low-key like it it if you're not it's probably a movie that gives you as much as you're wanting from it so Mm -hmm. if you go in looking to have a lot of ideas and a lot of emotions it'll give them to you but if you just want kind of a fun movie with some funny moments and some serious moments, then it's probably just a decent evening's watch. Cool. I'd say it's one that's worth digging in and really trying to get a lot out of. Okay. All right. Shall we? I got to list my top five. Oh shit, that's right. Uh, do you have a top five? I have. I, my brain is fried at this point. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to come up with five. All right. Uh, fifth place, Green Room. I had Sicario, but I crossed it out because I realized that I liked Green Room better. It's just mm-hmm. stronger all the way through. Number four, The Revenant. Like I said, it's going to get unfairly remembered as the Leo Oscar movie, but I really like it on its own merits. Uh-huh. Uh, number three, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Uh, it's fun. It's action-packed. It's got some really great set pieces. It's got Simon Pegg being funny. All you need in a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, The Lobster. Intense, weird, European, exactly my kind of style. Mm-hmm. And number one, Mississippi Grind. Cause, cool. I don't know. It's good, I guess. Man from Uncle. There we go. Yeah. I remember, only one I remember talking about that I've seen. Oh, uh, <laughs> Force Awakens and uh, Jurassic World. I'm not putting Jurassic World in my top five. Age of Ultron, Ant Man, Ant Man. I'll throw him in there. All right. Um, Hateful Eight. Okay, there we go. There's your four. Oh no, Spotlight. Spotlight over. Oh uh, yeah. Spotlight over Ant Man. Okay. So the non MCU ones I mentioned. All right. Okay. Sounds good. Shall speak. We shall. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Oh, uh, we talked about 2015 movies. If you've got 2015 movies that we didn't touch on or you disagree with our discussion or any or points on any of these movies, hit us up on Facebook or Twitter, where we're at Justice Losers Pod. We're also on Instagram at Justice Losers Pod, where I posted a picture of Peter Parker, and I want you to identify who you think he looks like, because I think he looks like someone, and other people sort of get what I'm saying, and I need validation, people. Validate me. Uh, we got a Gmail, justusLosers at gmail.com. Or is it justusLosersPod? JusticeLosersPod yeah. Justice at gmail.com, where we have a, an email that you can send uh, extended thoughts about all of the movies that came out in 2015, 
or your Bionicle theory, whichever the case may be. Uh, this podcast is on SoundCloud and iTunes and Podbean, and we have a YouTube channel that's under Koala Tea Entertainment. That's koala, like the animal that eats eucalyptus. Tea, as in golf tea. Entertainment, as in, you, you know what entertainment is. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're listening to us, clearly you don't know what entertainment is, but you know how to spell the word. Yep. Hopefully. Maybe. Uh, yeah, so next week, do we know what we're talking about next week? Uh, probably do, but I don't remember it. We're probably talking about something next week, so maybe we'll try to remember to post it on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Podbean, and then you can tell us your thoughts on whatever that is. Uh, So in the meantime, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.